Hello, everybody. It's your girl, Claudia Jordan. It's Wednesday, and I'm back with a brand new episode of TGIF. And of course, we're spilling the tea and breaking down the biggest headlines in the news and on social media. So sit back, relax, and if you had a day like mine, get you something to drink. You don't need it. All right, y'all. Please welcome brand strategist Al Reynolds to the show. What's up, Al? What's going on, Claudia? Let me see your outfit you got on. <laughs> just you know, you know, I have on a vest, uh, just a vest and a sweater underneath. Like you about to do a triple Lutz over there. <laughs> <laughs> you hey, guys I'll... really, you guys really like joking my outfits, don't you? You knew when you put that. Last on week I was a train conductor. And this week I'm doing what? A figure skater. I think Chrissy Yamaguchi tees. <laughs> but I feel you, Al. You show them all. are consistent haters. I really do appreciate that. Are we haters <laughs> or are we just calling? Okay. All right. All right. Now, please call the multimedia personality and talk to your host, Funky Dineva. What's up, you? And you forgot to say figure skating Olympic uh, judge. Are <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, you the judge? I'm the judge. <laughs> Oh, I, can see Al being a, I can see Al being a figure skater. They're very muscular. I, I could too. Yeah. Long lines. And dancing and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> is this what we doing tonight? It is. Is this Listen, what we doing tonight? It's giving, me, it's, giving me, it's giving me Nutcracker Little Drummer Boy on ice. <laughs> Get out of here. Ten. <laughs> Listen, I need a laugh. I done told you about my little issues, say my crypto portfolio. I done lost. You said over two hundred grand. Yeah, yeah. Something had to be going on. You over there drinking gas station beer. This <laughs> <laughs> is Bailey's gas station beer. <laughs> My mama used to drink them wine coolers. You know, only classy old school women who wear slips up under their dress drink wine coolers. <laughs> my, mama, my mama prided herself on, I don't drink, especially in front of my kids, but a wine cooler didn't count. <laughs> right. Like wine coolers. Did y'all used to drink Zima? Yes. Zima? I don't know what Zima is, but how about Boone's Farm? Uh, Mad Dog 2020, Boone's Mad Farm. Dog 2020. I was ghetto, baby. So I, I used to get a Cisco every day after work. Every day. Every, every day. day. When I graduated college, I thought that's what grown people did, had a drink uh-huh. every day after work. So I was just doing it out of whatever. Cisco is so strong, though. It was 2019 cents. This I know. And it was, you'd be acting up on that Cisco. Yeah. All right, what y'all drinking on tonight? Am I the only one drinking tonight? Yeah, I'm drinking sweet tea, but I'm going to dinner after the show, so... Okay, are we COVID free? Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. days and I'm three weeks out, so okay. <laughs> well, leave it to the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Two lungs later, <laughs> uh, Al. a kidney rejuvenation. I'm drinking. Yeah, I'm having. Uh, let's see. I'm doing a Chardonnay tonight. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Let's get into these topics because. Mm. Me and my girls were sending these pictures to each other all the last couple of days. Jesse Williams has people on social media in an uproar after a new video from his Broadway show, Take Me Out, was leaked. Now, the play features a shower scene where most of the cast are naked. I'm talking full full frontal nudity, if y'all don't see it. Now, audience members were, of course, required to lock their phones in pouches during the show. But, of course, 
someone snuck one in and uh, someone broke the rule and posted a video from his performance on social media. Did y'all see the video and the pictures? And what do you think about this story? And y'all, me and my girls in my group chat are all talking about booking flights. They already sent me how much the orchestra seats are. (laughs) We going. Al, what do you think? Did you see it? So I I didn't get to see the all the way nude pictures, but I did see the pictures that... um, that were sent, you know, with the face over everything. But from what I understand, reading Twitter and everything, it's it's something to be very proud of. Um, but you know what was so interesting was, Claudia, you and Q can speak to this. Don't you get scripts of what you have to do, right? Like, so he knew that he was going to be nude on the stage when he was doing Broadway. I was surprised to read on social media that he's blocking so many people because of their admiration of his third leg. It leads me to believe in a way that he wasn't, expecting that type of attention because when i think of jesse williams i think of you know a very serious actor you know he was a very loud voice in the black lives matter movement so i think of him also act as an activist uh what do you guys think i'm sending you the pictures right now so check your phone okay <laughs> send it to me too girl because my cousin just asked me about it to your point about him being a very serious actor i think that is why um, he is offended because, you know, he committed to the role, he committed to the art, which I can appreciate. Now, let me say this, as a civilian, um, baby, I loved it. You know, I'm here for it. He's a beautiful specimen. Who doesn't like to look at something physically beautiful? As a performer, though, I'm appalled and I'm offended. You know what uh, I'm saying? Because there, there's an expectation that you and I have entered into a sacred song and dance as a stage performer. These mm-hmm. are the rules. I am giving this performance my all. I am stripping bare bones naked. And in theater, you're supposed to respect the sanctity of that. And somebody came in and violated that. Um, Nobody wants to, despite the fact that I've entered into this contract and I'm doing it for a live audience, nobody wants their genitals plastered across the internet. Nobody wants to be walking up and down the street with their girlfriend or their wife or whomever. And now people are snickering and making comments Nobody wants their image and their reputation tainted by new pictures. So I, I definitely felt him on the uh, Watch What Happens Live interview when he was like, I don't like none of it. Um, but if you have to find the silver lining, I'm pretty sure that they saw a spike in ticket sales as a result. Sure. Claudia, Claudia, I got a question. You remember when we were coming through, the last thing you wanted were nude pictures out there. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's changed? Like as a woman in the industry, remember how how you couldn't be exposed remember how they exposed vanessa williams and they were like all down with her career and they were exposing all these different women like has things changed is has nude pictures being leaked uh now make you a a, a bigger commodity especially if you're as big as he is um yeah this is why i i really wanted to do the jane kennedy story because it's such a different place where we are now when jane kennedy you know her it was a tape that was leaked her sex tape that was meant for her and her husband was leaked. It destroyed her. It made her go into hiding and it, it ruined a very bright career. And then look where we were 20, well, uh, I'm sorry, about 40 years later, um, 35 years later with Kim and the Paris Hilton's. Now people are purposely doing this because it does, it definitely does lead to things. Now I think the tickets I think I saw were like $568, like in, uh, upwards, like they were, they were high. Mm you know, if that play and they're going through the roof now, like everybody wants to go. It's not a negative anymore. It's not a taboo. Mm-hmm. Now I do think, think that it was a violation. If you agree to, um, to, to the, the terms of being in that audience and you're not supposed to have your phone out, you are violating those actors that 
they may be like, okay, I'm doing it for the theater for people that are there. And now it's on social media to be me. By the way, did y'all get the pictures? Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Let me see. <laughs> Can't believe I'm looking at it. You look good. I didn't know it was like that. Oh, whoa. Okay. You know, there's something about this that I, I think I would be interested in doing something like this. Of course you would, Al. You're at the <laughs> Al, could you do full frontal nudity on stage, like a live show in front of everybody? I I, I am a, a exhibitionist. Um, I think when he spoke about how vulnerable it was, I, it, that resonated with me. But I think with a few drinks, yeah, I, I think I could do that. I think I think I could. Q, could you? I don't think so. Yeah. Really cute. I don't think so. I don't think so. And listen, it, 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 I'm just, I don't think so. And I've done a lot of wild things in front of a lot of people. <laughs> I just don't think I could do that. Right. I, I think for me, I think for me, when you start playing in that arena, it's a contract between me and whoever I'm doing it with or whoever's in the room. But for fear of something like this is probably why I couldn't do it. Right, and right. then too, I just I just wouldn't want to be sitting in a business meeting somewhere and people are like snickering and, and whispering off to the side because mm -hmm. they know what I look like naked. I, it would just always torment me in the back of my head. I am. Um, I, I I am very modest when it comes to nudity. I'll do bathing suits all day long. I don't even wear a thong like uh, on, on the beach. My friends are trying to get me to do it. Like it's a big deal if I do. Um, when I did it, you I'm have a nice body. I don't understand why. Why you I just would never have thought that of you, Claudia. I'm pretty conservative in real life. Y'all hung with me in Miami. I'm pretty conservative as much as yeah, people yeah, say. Yeah, you know, I'm pretty yeah. conservative. Um, when I got done hosting Miss Universe, I got approached and contacted to do Playboy. And they, I, I, I was trying to make it happen where I didn't wasn't able to show anything. Like, I'm like, can I do side nudity? I, I just couldn't do it. I would feel very vulnerable myself. I'm just not brave enough to do it. I don't know. But Al... I might have a part for you in the next play if you ready to show that. <laughs> okay, moving on because we all, I'm going to talk about hate tonight. On an episode of uh, Bobby Brown's upcoming documentary called Biography, Bobby Brown revealed that he was sexually molested by a priest at a young age. Brown said, when my mother was arrested, I was sent to uh, temporary custody by social services, which was supposed to be a religious place. There was no penetration or anything. He touched my private parts and I didn't like that. Now, Bobby also shared that as a child, he did not know what sexual boundaries were, but he knew that he didn't want to be touched inappropriately. This is so sad. Um, Brown also spoke about his past romantic relationships. He claims to have had a sexual relationship with Madonna. Madonna was getting it in, wasn't she? Mm -hmm. And he also uh, talked about his alleged relationship with Janet Jackson. He said, the reason me and Janet broke up was because she couldn't be with a man like myself. I'm from the projects. I'm hood. Al, what do you think about Bobby Brown being so transparent about his past? And uh, what do you think? What are your thoughts? You know, I said this a couple of shows back. Um, you know, I, I really, I really, Bobby Brown, Bobby Brown has been through a lot and I really admire him. My hat goes off to Bobby Brown. If we really examine all the entertainers on the landscape, Bobby Brown has one of the most heart-wrenching stories, especially all the odds he's come through. He lost three loves of his life. He lost Whitney. He lost Bobby Christina. And he lost his son recently. I don't know. I'm just glad that we're able to get the real story and give him his flowers while he's still alive. Because to me, he's very fascinating. He's very intriguing. And the more transparent he is, the more I like him. I can't wait 
wait to watch this series. So, you know, my hat's off to Bobby Brown. And Claudia, wait a minute, didn't you work with him? Aren't y'all from the same area or something like that? Don't y'all? No, he's from, he's from we were on a movie set before, but not, a TV show uh, pilot, but nothing really happened. But um, yeah, he's from okay. uh, Boston, from Rhode Island. So New Edition was definitely our heroes growing up. Like we, you know, that was that was our people. The Patriots, mm-hmm. New Edition and the Celtics. That's all <laughs> with Hugh, what do you think about this? I, I'm particularly sad that to hear about another young boy being molested and probably, you know, who knows? You know, I, I think that's a difficult thing for people to admit to especially being a, a boy or a man, you know? What are your thoughts on um, that? I 100% condemn what that priest did. Um, it, it's definitely wrong violating people, but from the sounds of the account, is, is, is molestation the right word? And I'm just asking, because when I hear the word molestation, I'm thinking, you know, somebody- Some being, type of sexual act, right? Right. Now- and again, I'm not attempting whatsoever to minimize what the priest did, but he said the priest touched him in his privates and he punched the priest in the face or, or kicked him and ran out of the room, whatever case may be. Nonetheless, um, it just sounds like a salacious part of his background that they cherry picked to help promote this series. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't, I'm not in his head. I'm not in his therapist chair, but something in my spirit tells me that Bobby Brown is not sitting at home shaking and can't sleep at night because this incident happened. I don't know, just from the d- description of the account, molestation just sounds like a really strong word that evokes really strong emotions. And I don't know that this situation necessarily fits that. And I know I'm gonna catch a lot of backlash for what I'm saying, but. <clears throat> I, I'm gonna disagree with you on that. Cause I've had a couple of things happen to me in my life. Uh, uh, just picture yourself, although it wasn't penetration and thank God it wasn't. And who knows if he's really telling us everything. Maybe he doesn't want to tell us everything, right? Imagine an old, gross man that you have no desire to touch you, even grabbing your penis, you know what I mean, or grabbing your private parts, and you're a child. I, I think that would be kind of traumatizing, even if they didn't penetrate you, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's never happened to me, so I don't know, and, and you know, but. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Um, is it time? I think it's time for us to take a quick commercial break. Listen, we have a lot of stuff to talk about, including a story about a woman who was buried alive and woke up at her own funeral. Stick around. We have more TGIF after the break. Welcome back to TGIF. All right, soulmates, let's get into the story. In weird news, a woman's funeral in Peru was disrupted when she pounded on the casket lid from the inside. Now, when the casket was open, the 36-year-old woman's eyes were wide open. She was transported to a hospital where she was immediately connected to a life support machine. Sadly, the woman died hours later. Oh, my God, this is so terrible. Can you believe this story? Al, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, So you guys remember Lazarus, the character in the Bible in the New Testament who emerged from the tomb alive four days after his death? So there's a syndrome. It's called Lazarus syndrome. And it doesn't happen that often, but from 1982 to 2008, 32 people have actually died and come back alive. So we know that one actually occurred in Detroit in 2015. No, yeah, I think 2015. But one as recent as 2017, this happened in Ohio with someone around the same age as this Peru woman. So it's, it's not something that's terribly uncommon and it's also not something that we've never heard of the interesting thing to me about this story is why were they rushing so quickly to put this woman 
in the in the in the grave like in peru do they do it in two days so because obviously or evidently in this case they rushed her funeral um and it wasn't short after it was very short period of time between the time that she no longer had a heartbeat and when she had the funeral that she then woke back up so that's my question what is what's the protocol in, in peru and why why are they putting people under the grave like does she have a big insurance policy or something did the family rush to get her in the grave so they can cash in i want to know the real tea on this one well they probably don't involve granted i never went to peru and i don't i don't know if they're first world second world third world part of my ignorance but they probably don't involve you know jewish people bury like within two days um right. and, okay. and those that don't those that don't involve bury really quickly this has got to be very scary though because while I don't know much about the syndrome, I know that you're practically brain dead or partially brain dead once your brain goes without oxygen for X, Y, Z amount of time. So it's 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 it's, it's baffling to me, Al, that you said we've had 32 cases of this where people have died, no pulse, no heartbeat, not breathing, but yet they still come back and brain is functioning enough. Her brain was functioning enough for her to know to knock on that damn casket <laughs> right. six feet under um, just to turn around and die. All over again. I don't think that lady died. I think somebody killed her. Jesus didn't take her that far to bring her back just for her to go to some hospital and be on life support. <laughs> this story is like my worst nightmare. Like when I, I have claustrophobia majorly, like in crowds and stuff like that, I'm like, I get anxiety and the, the thought of being buried like that and you're not, I mean, she wasn't brain dead, right? If she was pounding. Mm-hmm. If she was pounding, she wasn't brain dead, right? Mm-hmm. She was trying to get out and then to, to still die. This is like one of the most, the saddest like stories ever. Can you imagine? I can't, can't. And the trauma her family must be going through. You know what? And praise the Lord, they didn't embalm. Could you imagine if they was cutting her up on the autopsy table and she came back to life? (sighs) Right. Can you imagine that the, the person that it happened to in Detroit, that just happened, that happened during COVID in 2020. The person in Detroit that had died. And so what happens from what I understand with this Lazarus syndrome, um, you can basically present like you cannot be breathing. The heart could stop. Um, Most people don't wait for all the other markers. Like you said, Claudia, uh, some people don't get embalmed because of their religious religious belief. So if that's the case, you know, how long do you actually wait before you put a person underneath the ground? Do y'all want to be um, cremated or buried? So initially, um, it's funny. I had actually told my father at one point that I had wanted to be cremated. I did until my mom passed away. And I had a conversation with my stepmom one time. And my stepmom said, oftentimes people don't realize the funeral is not for you. It's for the people that you leave behind. And once I buried my mom, I realized... I think more people than not need that physical closure of the body and the casket going into the ground. You need that. Yeah. So I want to be buried. Agreed. Al, how about you? So, so am I the only one, like I, I, I actually, um, I'm that type of person and, and there are other people that do this too. I'm not the only one out there, but I, I'm, I will be planning my entire funeral. So I will be, I will be planning the program. I will be planning, um, a video, um, I will be planning if I want the casket open or closed. I'll be planning how, who I want to sing and who I want to speak. Are you guys like that? Or, or, or are you guys not so interested? Not, not at all. 
I know I don't want to live to be 120 years old. Like I don't want to live like a, I don't want to be in a, a state where I can't do anything. And I'm just a bag of bones. I don't. That's very morbid. And I'm so practical. Like, what do I care? Like, like I, I, honestly, truly, if you put my body at the bottom of a cruise ship, what do I honestly care at that point? I'm not here. I don't know what's going on. I can't feel nothing. Um, to be absent with the bodies, to be present with the Lord. I'm up there playing spades with Jesus. Like, what do I honestly care what's going on down here? I want I want mine to be a celebration. I want mine to be a celebration of my life. And hopefully I've, I've left back, you know, behind some good memories for a lot of people. So I want mine to be a celebration. I don't want people to be sad, but I do want them to celebrate uh, my life and my transition. And, and it was so funny because I never thought of it before until I was having dinner with Barbara Walters one time. And she actually said that she's having hers videographered, um, you know, while she's living. So she's, she has a message that she's going to read or have at that time when I, when I was having dinner with her and was talking about it, uh, that she was having a video played where she's going to have a message to her funeral attendees. I guess because I don't have kids, I'm not a mother, and I feel like, you know, by the time I die or whatever, probably a lot of people I care about are going to be dead, too. So do what y'all want to do. Just make sure I look cute. <laughs> All right, let's move on because this is getting a little, a little dark here. Uh, we have an update on the uh, night Dave Chappelle was attacked on stage at the Netflix is a Joke Comedy Festival. Now, the security company hired for the comedy festival is reportedly the same company that provided security for Travis Scott's Astroworld Festival which we all know ended in disaster. Now we have a clip of the incident courtesy of TMZ. So what do y'all think about this update that the same security company was used? Let's go to you, Q. What do you think about this? Um... Optically, it doesn't look good. From a PR perspective, it doesn't look good. But I think people are connecting dots that don't need to be connected. Mm -hmm. um, two random events, two random sets of circumstances, neither of which, um, in my opinion, were a direct reflection of failed security. Um, you know, just like people say when crimes when crimes are committed, we need more police. Well, the police can't be everywhere at every second. Um, you know, security could not have predicted. I, I don't know that a, a more security or a lapse in security would have stopped that incident that happened in a split, in a, in a split second. You know, they, they responded to it the way they needed to respond when it happened. And for that, I say kudos. The Astroworld situation was just a big tragedy that was a logistical nightmare from the administrative level, not at the base security level, in my opinion. So I think this is dots being connected that don't need to be connected. Okay. Al, what are your thoughts? So I have to disagree with you on this one because as the reports have started to un unfold, we know that they, there are three similarities between this uh, lack of security, let's say, uh, that paralleled Astroworld and paralleled this uh, Netflix event with, uh, with Dave Chappelle. Number one, security was alerted of a breach. Just like security was alerted of a breach at the Astroworld. He was actually warned uh, head of security was warned that there was a breach. We understand that there was a comedian that let uh, security know that this young man had jumped a barrier and was headed toward the stage and they ignored it. Uh, the second thing that we know that once again, they didn't have a real hiring process for the security people um, that were 
uh, participating and being security guards here at this event, the same way at Astroworld when the young lady testified that they put a, a post up on Facebook and just hired random people to be security at Astroworld. And then the third thing was that there was a clear violation of safety protocol, which we've learned here with the Dave Chappelle thing, as people are starting to report that um, they were told just get people in as soon as possible. So they did not check everybody and that's how he snuck by with a book bag with a uh, could have been a weapon in it but it was a prop weapon that could have held a knife and we don't still don't know if there was a knife in there so i i feel like that this is a problem you're the largest event security company in the country you have a responsibility to protect and that is protect the talent, the stage, as well as the attendees. And they failed to do it in two huge instances. And I think they need to be held responsible. It's sad now that I'm going to have to Google before I go to a concert or a festival to see who's doing security before I can feel safe in being there. There's at no time that money, making money should trump the lives of the attendees, period. Oh, but it does. Let me tell you, I, my little small dabbling in production, like putting on a play and seeing, and, and uh, you know, it's not in comparison to that, but just the, the principle of it. Let me tell you something. For every minute you go over in certain capacities, it's a dollar sign. And people, and it starts to add up, people start to cut corners. And they're like, eh, get them in, get them in their seats. If we go over in this venue one hour, it's going to be another $50,000. And, you know, a lot of times people are willing to pay that. They're not willing to take away from their bottom line. I get it, though. You know, so something else has to be figured out. You have to double up. You have to speed up the process and still be thorough. I, I think it's hard. It's going to be terrifying and scary to be a performer in front of all those people. You don't know who's crazy in that crowd. And clearly people can just easily walk up on stage easily walk up on stage i'm just saying i see how why they do it i'm not justifying it i'm All just right. saying i see why they do it they, they're interested in the bottom line they're there to make money you know and it's is it right hell no it is not right i get it but i in the astral world we got deaths we, yeah. pay to fine or pay the millions of dollars to settle pay to fine let me just say after al's um soliloquy on security i, I corrected <laughs> <laughs> Let the record reflect. I stand corrected. <laughs> hey, We've got an update to the story of Mike Tyson punching the man on the airplane. Uh, Tyson will not face any criminal charges due to the other man's behavior during that flight. Now, the man was seen on a video provided by TMZ provoking Mike and allegedly threw a water bottle at him. The San Mateo County District Attorney said the conduct of the victim leading up to the incident resulted in their decision. I totally agree you know i listen when you're right you're right when you're wrong you're wrong and uh that man was totally looking for his moment q what do you think about this al they didn't have the same security company as Astro. <laughs> 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 um no mike mike should my listen in the court of public opinion I, i'm glad the legal court fell in line with the court of public opinion. You can't go around doing that, antagonizing people like that not, and not get the mess knocked out of you. Mike, Mike was well within his rights, and I'm glad that the court um, made the right decision in this instance because, you know, oftentimes they try to make examples of celebrities and examples of Black male mm -hmm. celebrities in particular, especially when you already have a checkered past or whatever mm -hmm. the case may be. But this one right here was, there was just no way you would have been able to explain your way out of charging Mike, seeing the way that this man was bothering him and seeing how long Mike tempered himself and had the patience of Job before he snapped. The guy was an idiot. 
Al, what do you think about that? Hey, I can't agree more with Funky on this one. Now, this is one time that you're saying, thank goodness for social media. Thank goodness for public opinion. Thank goodness someone had a camera. Because you can imagine, like Funky said, when you have a spotted history that mirrors that of uh, Mike Tyson, you know, this could have gone either way way a uh, white boy's word again you know a very kind of uh spotty pass of a talent but in this case the attorney the district attorney in california stephen waxstaff said this does not belong in the criminal system and he kicked it out and the good thing to know about this is that both individuals after thinking about it and reviewing all the information agreed that this that neither of them are going to take this any further now in my opinion if i was mike tyson this is one time that i would take legal action against that guy because he chastised him he also created bad press around mike tyson and mike tyson has been doing a very good job of staying out of the press in a bad way this is one time that I support Mike Tyson and bring a legal action against someone who chastised him and forced him into anger and, and retaliation. Y'all know I'm not a Mike Tyson fan, but I will say this. Um, I, I definitely am a fair person. And I think just because someone has a, ba a bad history um, with things that they've done in their past, it doesn't mean that in this instant, they, they, they're just automatically guilty. You know what I mean? Like people just mm -hmm. want to like people think, oh, you if, if it's a process, if the girl's a hoe, it can't be rape. She's a hoe. No, go by a case by case incident uh, and, and determine, you know, just take, pull it from there. Uh, he was totally in the right. And I'm glad it was filmed because these people are just getting out of control, trying to get their damn moments on social media. Right. So let that be an example to you. Uh, you clout chases out there trying to have a moment. Oh, All right, y'all, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be back with more TGIF after this. Hey everybody, welcome back to TGIF Soulmates. I see you in the chat being quite active. We need to get them comments up, them likes up, those numbers up. Please give us some thumbs up if you are enjoying the show tonight. All right, guys, uh, let's talk about this three-week rule. It may be the best financial advice ever. Now, what is a three-week rule? Wait three weeks to buy that new car. Wait three weeks to refi your home mortgage. And wait three weeks to finance any major purchase. Now, why three weeks? Well, because that's how fast the average ScoreMaster user takes to boost his or her credit score by an average of 61 points. Now, listen, 61 points added to your credit score can save you tens of thousands on everything we finance. ScoreMaster technology was developed by a credit data scientist to boost your credit score higher and faster than you thought possible. Now, ScoreMaster is so easy. It takes about a minute to get started, and you don't have to wait months for your best credit score. Now try ScoreMaster for free and show uh, see how many plus points you can add to your credit score. Now go to scoremaster.com slash T. That's scoremaster.com slash T. Once again, scoremaster.com slash T. We're taking a quick break and we'll be back with more show and more tea right after this. Welcome back to TGIF Soulmates. I see you in the chat for a second. I thought, okay. We got a good amount of people in there. All right, y'all, give us those thumbs up and keep it going. Give us those likes as well. All right, um, soulmates, you always send us crazy videos and viral stories that are trendy on social media. So we decided to create a new segment called hashtag what would you do? <laughs> All right, y'all, let's get into it. This is our first run of this. Now, Candace Owens decided to show up at former uh, co-founder of Black Lives Matter, Patrice Cullors Mansion. And Owens tweeted, I'm very pregnant, but I have been shooting this documentary for months. BLM is about to be exposed. 
Soulmates, what would you do if Candace Owens did this to you? Let us know by dropping your answers in the chat so we can read them live on the air. Fellas, what would y'all do if Candace Owens pulled up to your house uninvited? Al, let's start with you. What would you do if Candace Owens was outside of your place? No, not given the circumstances with the BLM Foundation, right? We're just, we're talking just, about just if she came to my house trying to be messy. Is that what we're talking about? To you about something. I heard what you okay. said. So I've, okay. I learned this trick because, you know, you you physically cannot tussle with them, right? So I learned this trick and I, I, I got this from my mother, how she used to get rid of stray dogs. You take out your water hose and you spray them because they're not you're not physically attacking them. You're not hitting them, pushing them or screaming or, or participating in any back and forth with them, which could be to your detriment being the property owner. So for me, I would have broke out a water hose and I would have sprayed her pregnant ass down. <laughs> it's not like you'd be messing up her hair because it already is. <laughs> you? <laughs> what would you do? Well, what would you do, Q? So I have no prior criminal history. I would went outside and beat her ass because I knew I had done that for a few hours. Okay. See, you got a lot of leeway with the legal system where you have no prior criminal record. I, I was, I was, whoever was at my house with me, I'd have been like, here go my card, here go my PIN number. I'm going to go outside and whoop her ass um, and come get me out of jail because they're going to rain me real quick. I either did that or I'd have took my gun that I do not own and I'd have licked four in the air. Bop, bop. <laughs> off my property. Now, we, we do have to say this because she's pregnant. She's with child. Right. So, you, can't, you can't be fighting a woman with child. Now. It's hypothetical. Obviously, I'm not going to run and beat up the woman with child. But woman with child has said responsibility to not put her and unborn child in harm's way. And That's I'm true. sorry. I am from the inner city of Miami. My mama always told me. Don't you ever go around nobody's house for two yeah. reasons. Number one, you don't know how many people in there, what they got. And number two, if somebody whoop your ass in their yard, you deserve it because you had no business coming around there. And I live by that. I, if we're going to fight, it's going to always be on neutral territory. Don't you never go around nobody's house. When I was a teenager, I was a, a, I was actually Miss Teen Rhode Island at the time, getting ready to go to an appearance. Five girls rolled up to my house to jump me. One of them was seven months pregnant. Um, I used to keep a baseball bat by the door just for in case these things happen. One of them threw my mother on the ground. What? Yeah, my mother, they threw my mom on the ground. And she was trying to call 911. And I, this was, you can't roll up on me in my place. Now that I'm older, I'm not going to come out with a baseball bat and, and take on five people. But, um, you know, I will definitely be, I will be, I'll, I'll call the police. I'm doing all that. I'm gonna let them handle it. But yeah, you can't roll up on someone's house and think that it's just gonna be just all it's it's just all fun and games. It's not. It's you're actually putting yourself in a bad position. And you shame on you, Candace Owen. You're supposed to be this brilliant woman. You're an idiot to go roll up on someone's property carrying the child. You're already endangering the child. It's bad enough that you're them, you're that kid's mom. But now you're gonna put your child in harm's way. Let's read some of the comments. Uh Danny Girl says, turn on my sprinklers. Uh, Lex DTV is with Funky. Whoop that trick. Um, a little darling with a big story says, comb her hair. <laughs> uh, Death World says, I'll call the police to remove her. And Foot, uh, Footboy10026 says, pull a Megan the Stallion and shot at her feet. 
Ooh, we got violent soulmates. Um, Ms. Hoops Lover says, I would act like a Karen and call the police and let her feel her blackness. Okay, that was now, I, It's so funny. Claudia uh, and Q, did you guys read the article or the, read the um, the court documents from the, the doctor who treated Megan the Stallion, who's saying that he treated Megan the Stallion for cut glass to her feet? Did no. y'all read that? Mm-mm. We'll, well, we'll have to get into that on Friday then for sure. I thought that was interesting. Oh, well, well, okay. Let's get into that on Friday. Let's finish this segment out and then we'll definitely dig in. We'll do a deeper dive on Friday okay. with that for sure. Uh, okay, now what about this story? Balenciaga unveiled their, their uh, new distressed sneaker collection. Uh, the shoe retails for $1,850. Here's an image of the shoe. <laughs> What would you do if someone bought you these sneakers? And soulmates, let us know in the chat. Al. Confession. Q, go ahead. I already bought them. You bought a pair already? The tan ones. Did you, is that, is the way, hold on, hold on, hold on, Claudia. So you brought the limited edition one? I I don't physically have them. I reached out to my rep and and I I paid and he's scouring, trying to get them. Let's um, see those shoes again. Can we see those shoes again? Wow. I, so, you know, the tan I, was... I envision, I envision me wearing that with a double-breasted suit jacket with, Ooh, look at those. Short, that, with shorts that match the suit and the juxtaposition between classy and ashy. And I think it can be chic. Just wait till I put it on. They given... <laughs> They give in dumpster dive. I, I, obviously, but I think it can be. I think it can be dope when you're all diamonds and pearls up top, and then you have that going on down bottom. Obviously, those who are in the know are in the know. You know what I'm saying? Folks are, are going to know that you don't have on dirty sneakers and that you're not a bum. You actually got on. You know what I'm saying? Some relatively high end sneakers. I think it could be a cool piece of walking art. That's so wait a minute. Let me get too much money over there. That's all. You making a lot right. of money. Q um, making all that money. Q. So let me ask you: Did you buy the Fractor bag? No. Okay. No. Al, what would you do if someone bought you? Say, say someone that's trying to get at you. Uh, you know, wanted to wine and dine. If they bought me a pair of those. Mm-hmm. What size shoe you wear, Al? By the I'd way, probably, I probably I wear size twelve. I I probably would sell it. I probably would rock it one time and then sell it. But you know, Demna is known for this type of shock value type of marketing as the creative director over there at Balenciaga. I think they know something. They know that people like Q definitely are target. Only thing I don't understand is Balenciaga's target market is successful women between the ages of 22 and 36. And successful women, I don't see them wearing these shoes or these types of shoes. I bought so some I don't the other day, but they were the sock ones. Yeah, I don't understand that. Um, um, chat, it, soulmates, we want to hear what you guys would do if someone bought you these shoes. It's a, it's a, it's a state, it's a statement piece, right? Can, can you think about it? The rich, you know, little successful little Asian little white ladies walking around. They got on there, you know, Cartier, and they carrying their big bags, and they all done up. And then you look down, and it's like, bam! What is that? You know what I'm saying? But again, those who are in the know are in the know. You know what I'm saying? Those who don't know about fashion or, or, or designer goods are going to think, oh, she got on some raggedy shoes. Those who are posh and chic and in the know are going to be like, oh, she's on trend. You know what I'm saying? So it's just one of those things. Uh, let's go to the comments. Kimberly Hart says, take that bike. 
How you say it? Uh, Hobby of the World says, oh, no, girl, not me. Antoine Addison says, I love them, actually. And Miss B for real says, you can li- literally make your own like that. Um, e from Phoenix says, Al's on eBay. Um, and Happy <laughs> no, D- I'm on the real, real. Oh, yes. That's a great website. And uh, Happy Didi says, N-word, please. Oh. Uh, we have, oh, one more. And just Jane nine one one five says, I take them back, get the money, buy me something that I like. That's, That's right. All right. Fun. That was a fun segment. I like uh, talking here with the soulmates have to say about that. All right, y'all. We got to take a quick commercial break. We'll be back with more show. Welcome back to TGIF. All right, let's get into this. Now, during the interview with Fat Joe, Wendy Williams says she will return to her show in September. But people are saying that the possibility of Wendy returning to her show logistically won't work since Sherry Shepard has already gotten Wendy's time slot. What are your thoughts on Wendy's claims? Alice, go to you first. Um, I thought it was sad and unfortunate. I mean, I, I agree with Sherry Shepard. She just didn't seem well to me. Um, but let me tell you the funny thing to me was that production companies are responding to blogs. Now, let me find out Deb, it's called Deb Mar Mercury, right? Let me find mm-hmm. out they watch a TGIF on the low. Hey. Oh, they, they are. There's a lot of They fans. watch a TGIF. Yeah. Come on, come on, Lionsgate Properties, Substance, subsidiary owners. Come on, Lionsgate. We ready for our own uh, show, aren't we guys? Um, that's I mean, out a plug away during someone's <laughs> my shameless plug, but anyway, back to Wendy Williams. Um, you know, I and, and we know that Jason Lee over at Unlocked has reported that, that, like I reported months ago, that there's a huge podcast deal that's on the table and in, in the in the neighborhood of around a hundred million. So, like I said, I think that I see that for Wendy. Um, I just think it's unfortunate that Wendy feels like that she has to do press, that she has to speak. Wendy fans are so loyal and we like her so much that we would rather wait for her to get well than see her do unnecessary press and not appear well. So that would be my one bit of advice to Wendy that you can go away for a year. Unlike other people in the entertainment industry, if you step away from your job, you might be concerned that somebody might step in your space and steal your light. I really don't think there's anybody in the game right now that can steal Wendy's. And this, we know, hands down, without a doubt, Sherry Shepard has all of Wendy's old time slots and she has all of her staff. She has Suzette. She has Norman Baker. She has one other person that's going to be on the floor. We know that hands down for a fact. So Wendy's show is not coming back as the Wendy show we knew physically or in that time slot. Now, she has another show on another network and it's going to be called Wendy 2.0. That's to be determined. But I'm also concerned with the uh, social media video Wendy did recently talking about her money. Her money is still sold up at Wells Fargo. And she was talking in circles. She just kept saying, I want my money and it's unfair. And, 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 and to, I'm just using a fake name here, and to, to Michael Williams and Suzette Johnson, you know, you called Wells Fargo and I want my money and it's unfair. And she just kept talking in circles and it was like, Hmm, you know, something is a little off with her cognitive skills in that moment. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm a little concerned, but time will tell. Again, it's an unfortunate situation for both Wendy and for Sherry. 
You know what I mean? Like being in that position, you know, if you're a Wendy fan, you're going to believe that it was stolen from her and you don't want to believe that Wendy's in bad shape. You know, if you're not, you're going to be like, Hey, it's all, it's all fair. It's all fair game. And it's, 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 it's sucks that this negative cloud is going to be around Sherry's show for some people. A lot of people are happy for her because she definitely works really hard. And she's good at what she does, but it sucks that there's this thing that's going to be kind of following the show for a while. You know what I mean? Mm. When they're both good, they're both bomb. They both paid many, many, many dues for a long time. Um, yeah. When she, she said it and she said, Wendy, when she said that her show's coming back, she really believes it. Like, it sounded like she really is believing what she's saying. Mm-hmm. So, Claudia, I got a question for you. Um, they're mad at Fat Joe for even doing this interview. You know, because Fat Joe is a substitute host. Yeah. Do you think that that's fair? Yes and no. I guess his, you know, being part of the Wendy family, you know, it's kind of probably, I mean, the Wendy show family now is probably Mm. part of his job. They expect, the expectation is protecting the, you know, that show now. So they probably, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't ask him to go back, although he should. I think him and Remy Ma have been excellent uh, filling in on that show they have been great on that show I, I personally I like them a lot but I think that they probably will be penalized he'll probably be penalized for that it may be seen as like insubordination a little bit or you know kind of stirring the pot hmm. I, you know, to, I, I, I agree with you I do think that on the um it is a it's, it's a slight conflict of interest but y'all gotta also understand too when you got money it's not your primary job I'm a rapper not a talk show host and this person is my friend. To hell mm-hmm. with that damn job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that, that's something I would do. To hell with the job. I don't need the daily rate. It's cool. This not what I do for real. And that's my friend. And maybe he has some more insight that we don't have. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, I'm sure he, he's he got his ears there. He's, he's seeing things that we're not able to see. And, and you know what I mean? There's a reason why he did that. And then, too, a lot of people live by it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. You didn't tell me I couldn't do it. Right. And I'm not a mind reader. And my contract don't say I can't do it. Now what? Exactly. And if you try to suspect me, I'm going to have my lawyers call y'all. Now what? So I'm going to interview her and I'm showing up to work next Wednesday. What's, what's the call? <laughs> what you going to do? What you going to do? Speaking of contracts, Diddy announced the launch of his new R&B label called Love Records via a deal with Motown Records. Here's his announcement. The label will be dedicated to R&B music and will release singles and collaborative projects from a collective of world-class artists, producers, and songwriters. Al, what do you think about Diddy's return to music? Hey, uh, there are two things that I know for sure, right? One is that we know the music, the music is going to be good, at least for people my age. That man can make some good music now. We're going to be dancing to that music. That's number one. Number two, I think it's safe to say that if we examine Diddy's track record with signed artists, that anybody that signs with Diddy in 2022 deserves whatever the outcome is. He has a track record, <laughs> right? We, he has a track record of, of having issues with people that are signed to his label. Either they're not getting paid or they have short-lived entertainment lives and they usually don't end up on the right side of the fence, right? Is that is that a fair assessment, Q? What you think? Like, who on the bad boy label is still killing it? Nobody. You know, I already gave the rundown of his roster. You know, Diddy did say in an article that I read within the last year 
about his reputation that he planned his next label was going to be um, um, like the, the 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 label mates would have equity in the company and they would you know it would be more fair so on and so forth um you know i hope he holds true to that i'm a huge r&b fan y'all know i will slow wine and slow grind you down to the ground i love me some r&b so the fact that you know diddy is making a label solely committed to r&b really excites me um but something tells me a zebra doesn't change its stripes and um, you know, this is how this man has made his profits. I don't see much changing in the way he engineers his contracts. Um, he may give them the illusion of inclusion, um, but a, a lion does, I mean, a, a zebra doesn't change his stripes. I hope Diddy takes this opportunity to rebrand himself. I mean, I know he's, you know, maybe stuck in his ways, but knowing all the press he's gotten and all the, the artists that have come out, come out, and especially in the past year or so, like use this opportunity, Diddy. You're brilliant. You're good at what you do. You pop in. You know, you're a tastemaker. You're 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 a star maker. Now be a salary maker. Make make, make be be someone that can make successful uh, people that actually have some money and some equity. If you can turn this around. And, and really change the narrative, you can be go down as one of the greats, like on both sides, like to the artist and to the consumer. And I hope you really take this chance, this opportunity because you double what you do, but be dope and pay those people. And then we can really like, we can really embrace your, your entire career, like leave it a high note. All right, y'all, we don't have that much time uh, before we go. We have a lot, you know what? We're going to have to pick up a lot of these stories uh, on Friday. But real quick, if you're in a funk, uh, maybe because of Mercury retrograde and uh, McDonald's has your back, they're doing a two day giveaway that includes a sandwich or a burger and to top it off, you'll get a tarot card reading. Mercury retrograde is kicking my butt right now. Are y'all cool with this? Would y'all go get a tarot reading from uh, McDonald's? No, uh, <laughs> but they, they, could give me, they can give us a free high sea orange and a free fish filet light on the tartar. <laughs> they are only giving away uh, the McChicken though. And a double, a McDouble, and a Mc, and a McChicken. So not just high C uh, Q. Sorry, I would take the tarot reading. I'm into all that kind of stuff. And that's yeah. the I'm devil. still trying to get over this pregnancy outside your house. That, that's the devil. I'm black like this and not like this. That's the devil. It's not. All spirits are not bad. All right, I would take. I'm still my- trying to get over this person outside Claudia's house, pregnant when she was. <laughs> I want to thank my co-host Al Reynolds and Fuki Daniva State for turned out with T.S. Madison. We'll see you Friday. Bye. Uh-huh. Bye.